Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcane, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. What? Why? Why? Why are we here? Does anybody know? Anybody have an idea? Isn't there a game it's football Thursday? Sunday. It is right? football. It's it football is football Sunday. It's Patriot Sunday. It's football Sunday. It is yeah. football Sunday. That's right. Well, it was uh, a hell of a day of football yesterday down at Gillette. It's Gretchen Arcandy Cadillac here with you. We will be joined by some of our usuals. Uh, nothing for Coach Wiggins to preview. Foyer's got a, a basketball game. How will we game. know the difference? I mean, uh, well, that is true. You're exactly right. We they could don't just, have to establish the run today? They don't. Or protect the quarterback. Uh, we can throw that in there as well. But, uh, no, we do have a lot of games to preview. We can start to uh, think maybe in some of the uh, bigger picture discussions that the Patriots need to have. Of course, they were winners in Pittsburgh, 21-18. to 18. Uh, We will uh, continue to unpack that game because I know on Friday, uh, a lot of the shows here at EEI were very much um, concentrated around Army-Navy. We had America's broadcast down at the Harp, which was a ton of fun. Uh, but since it is football Sunday, let's start with the football Saturday they just had at Gillette Stadium, and holy cow, yeah, was Army Navy was something. Catholic, I know you were there a, a bunch. Yeah, um, just seeing it on TV and looking at the pomp and circumstance of everything, and it started like an hour before the game. I think people kind of forget that in terms of everything that goes around Army Navy. But what an experience it was at Gillette yesterday. Yeah, it was insane. Um, it was really cool. It was like a you know, it felt like a a real college football game experience but it was so much more with the like you said the pomp and circumstance around army navy it wasn't even an hour before it was more like three or four hours before because college game day was there from espn you had mcafee and herb street and you know their crew Kraft and belichick joined them um ken and curtis were down at the harp as well on saturday so we broadcasted i went on there a few times Kraft and belichick joined them yeah oh, oh yeah. no yeah. Or, or it was just you a bunch of hits. no just Got me it. with a bunch of you hits. did yeah how roberts here <laughs> it was Cadillac with the 1930s navy that, helmet yeah, yeah navy i put the, helmet. Oh, <laughs> we gotta get to put it on but uh but no it was awesome the, the march on started at noontime so you know all the uh all the companies from army and navy went on the field together they marched on and then obviously i mean the game itself was insane too um, a a classic Army Navy battle goes down to the very end, uh, down in the down in the end zone, down in the red zone, and Army pulls it out. But I mean, it did. It felt you know the the student sections were there, um, their bands playing. Like it felt so much more like obviously it was. It was a college football experience, not just you know a three and ten Patriots game. So it was super cool to see an important game played at Gillette Stadium for what felt like the first time in a while. And Arcan, a bad beat mixed in on top of it. If you had 27 and a half in the under, you, you didn't got, like that safety, boy. You got hosed <laughs> by the safety. I, mean, I had I had under 28 and a half. I got it early in the day. No okay. kidding. And so I still had 28. Yeah, I it was think good. it closed at 28. It was 27 yeah. and a half at one point. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the CBS crew didn't sort of <laughs> make a little more light of that. I guess I... I Al Michaels would have. That's, I, yeah. that's exactly right, Arcand. I guess Gary Daniels wasn't heard on the ball. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like they're allowed to do that now. They're kind of each each oh, station yeah. is letting them sort of, you know, m- uh, 
plug in the uh, the gambling stuff. Do you hear Michaels when the Patriots hit the over? Mm-hmm. No, I within that. within a millisecond, he's like, and there's the over. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I didn't even hear that. That's awesome. I, I mean, forget. I forget who hit. I think it was the. Um, I think it was when. It, uh, oh, it was the, the against the Steelers. It was when, when uh, the, the Steelers, Steelers scored. scored the touchdowns. Yeah. It was twenty-one oh, seven. Yeah. yeah, and they uh, so that got all <laughs> screwed up on it. Man. And it's amazing because yeah, that's the over. like Army could have chosen to just sort of take like three steps back and just throw the balls high as as they wanted to. Right. Uh, or you know, just try to sail that thing up as high as they can and let it land or whatever. Nope. Instead, they get the safety, and you could see in the stands. What I loved was you could see some of the people who had twenty-seven and a half in the under yeah. because you saw the visceral reaction from a lot of people. But that might be that might end up being the worst beat of the weekend. Although we will go through the games and the point spreads uh, of today's game. Uh, Arkan, what did you make of Bill Belichick putting on that nineteen? 19- 31 uh helmet and uh it, he looked like one of those old <laughs> if you remember the uh the toy it was called mistletoe it was a kicker where you pressed on their head and the leg would kick the ball or whatever that's what he looked like so he should have <laughs> pressed him on the head and his leg would have gone up and he would have kicked the ball he did look like an old toy that's for sure uh you remember um <laughs> you put like a quarter in and turn the crank and it would pop out one of those little plastic helmets. Yes, that's what it looked that's yes. what it looked like he was wearing. The old quarter gumball machine. Exactly. They had the little yeah. helmets in there. That's pretty Which good. Which you don't see those anymore. Back in my day, you saw those on every corner. But uh yeah, that that's what it looked like. <laughs> and I thought he was great on that show. I thought he was terrific. He was he was engaging. He uh good stories. That thing with him and Corso. I mean, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day, I thought. I was uh it was a nice appearance by him and I thought that stuff with Kraft was interesting too. Um, um, the way that uh, McAfee sort of cornered Kraft on that whole topic and how Kraft basically just ignored it and shook his hand. Yeah, <laughs> he just like nodded really his funny. head and was like, "I'm not going to say a word." But yeah, yeah it was uh, it was all it was interesting. There was sort of a lot uh, a lot kind of hanging in the air right there. You know, there was the the whole Belichick Lee Corso interaction. I know it goes back to their dad and all that kind of stuff. But when it was Al Michaels in the Amazon game against the Steelers, and it was like, well, we don't know what Belichick could do. He could do this. He could do that. Hell, he could go into TV. And that's the one where I think a lot of people, like if you were watching it, like I was watching it with my wife, and it's like, wait, is that, what, what, could that really happen? And it was like, oh, yeah, Bill could go do TV, and I'm sure somebody would hire him in 30 seconds to go and do it. But it doesn't feel like him, yet he sits on the set and does a little bit of this stuff on game day and looks completely natural, and everybody is staring at him. It is amazing. Like, you've got guys on that set that are like Heisman winners and stuff, and yet... He sat down and it was like everybody sat up straight. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they it was as if they were sitting in a meeting waiting for Bill to yell at them. Well, and I think it's because of, you know, the way he acts with the media on a day-to-day basis. He doesn't give much. He doesn't, you know, talk a lot about what's actually going on and he kind of just gives his, you know, nothing answers all the time. So then when he does finally open up, I mean, remember that top uh, top 100 players of the NFL oh, yeah. history? He won, he, like won an, an Emmy. he won an Emmy for that. Right. And so he during that, he opens up and he's great and, you know, people gravitate towards it and like to see it. So I think when he does these, you know, spot on spot things, like everybody loves it because he sort of, you know, he... he he takes off the mask a little bit, so it's he, who else you know, could tell good. you about Curly Lambeau more than Bill <laughs> Belichick? I mean, really, it, it would be it would be that and the old in your town that that guy's like ninety who just sits at the corner of the bar could be like, I could tell you about Curly Lambeau. Come <laughs> yeah. here, kid. And listen, there's still a market for that. You know what I mean? Like old sure. time, old oh, football guys, nostalgia. like they, oh, no they doubt. eat that stuff up. You wouldn't believe it. And you know, in Massachusetts, you wouldn't think, but like in Texas, in Florida, yep. and these places where football is just all anybody ever thinks and talks about, a guy like. 
Bill Belichick is going to connect with that audience. So, yeah, I think there's there's certainly a place for him there if that's what he has any inkling of, of wanting to do after he's done coaching, which we'll see when that is. But well, I was gonna say, there could be a job there for him. No, I don't think he could do it like every single day. He wouldn't be one of those daily oh, talk no. guys. Uh, I think he wouldn't want that, and I don't think he'd be good at it, but he'd yeah. be great at this stuff. Rex Ryan would be out in about 30 seconds <laughs> oh, to be replaced oh, yeah. by Bill on ESPN if they went down that road. And I know that uh, Rex would have some strong things to say about that. Do you pull anything away from either the Kraft or Belichick appearances? Do you view them as just, hey, this was a part of the pomp and circumstance. They were at Gillette. Why wouldn't we come out and be a part of it or whatever? I know nobody just straight up and made any proclamations, but anything that you kind of gleaned or just sort of pulled away from either Mr. Kraft's or Bill Belichick's appearances on the various shows, CBS Sports Network was there as well. I know there was a, a photo of uh, Foyer who will join us at 11 today. They had Robert Kraft on set as well. So basically those guys were, I don't want to say those guys, I think Robert was doing the tour a little more than yeah. Bill was. Yeah, um, Bill didn't say much about, you know, the current team, so there wasn't much that he could really, you know, expand on, I guess. They they talked to Kraft and they asked him, you know, what's what's next. And the one thing I thought he said was interesting was, you know, we like to win and we want to get back to winning and we're going to do what we need to do to get our team back to winning. So, and that's when the whole McAfee thing came on and he said, uh, we know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah we know, yeah, what's we know happen. what you got to do. And you and he we all say know what you're doing. And yeah. it's like, we do. I didn't know that, but okay. Right. And so I thought that was interesting, too. But uh, besides that, they didn't really, you know, they didn't really get into much. But I thought it was good. Like you said, they sort of just did their, you know, their tour around because this is our place. And I think, too, that the win against the Steelers, which I'm sure we'll get to, I think that kind of helped the cause. Oh, like, you bet your ass. Because they weren't, you know, they weren't 2 and 11. They were 3 and 10. But they're coming off a win and they're, you know, they're off and they just looked good the other night. So. Had they lost Bell. Belichick would not have done game day. I'm a, ah, I'm, I'm, I know Army Navy. Yes, he would have. Yeah, I know it's the Army Navy thing, but boy, oh boy, that one, Mr. Kraft. I think he cared more about that game than any game the Patriots have played. The this second year. Joe Cardona walked into the locker room, it was in their thing. He goes, Army Week. He said it right to him the first thing they he said. They knew right away. Yeah. It's funny, Fourier, when Joe Cardona joined us on uh, Friday, Fourier said, make sure you say, uh, you know, go Navy because they got to get the Bean Army in yeah. there. I, I did like how the Patriots did the video of the little footballs and then it was pick Army or Navy. Yeah. And I forget who it was, but they knew Cardona was coming. <laughs> And they peeked over their shoulder and saw him and then plunked it in the Navy and kind of <laughs> ran away. Because it felt like guys were sort of needling Cardona in uh, in all of that. I would have expected our kid, Mr. Kraft, to do the make the rounds yesterday. In part because, and someone said this Friday, and it didn't connect with me until I started watching the pregame. This would be the closest thing to a Super Bowl coming to Gillette Stadium, the whole Army-Navy game. Yeah, probably. You know, just the, the influx of people, you know, all the hotels sort of getting booked and all that. And, you know, people coming from all over and, and, and being Musk in town for there. this. Yeah, Elon was there. Was he really? I heard he was. Well, I didn't see him, but yeah, I heard he was. He, was. Did he you was see in him? my suite, the great Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see it. Was uh, DJT there? They said that Trump was going to no, be there. No, he was not there. You know, he didn't make an appearance, but yeah. Musk did. Yeah, Musk oh, was there. Man. Did you thank him for making Twitter so much better? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, X, yeah, it's I, actually X hard candy. Right. Uh, excuse me. What is I, this new thing on the left side now? Grok? It's that like they an just AI put up thing, there? I guess. Oh, okay. Grok? I, what is Grok? You yeah, if, you, if you go onto your Twitter on the left side, Arkan, look on the left mm -hmm. there. It says oh, Grok. I, I saw that and I was like, what the hell is that? I didn't oh, want to click like on it. Oh, it's like an AI. ask it stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no thanks. So it's like their version of Siri? No, it's their version of like ChatGPT. 
Oh, got it. Got yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. Or maybe, yeah, I think it's ChatGPT. It might be like you might be able to like do the pictures and everything too, but yeah, it's, oh, it's an AI bot. Sorry to uh, drive it off the exit yeah. ramp there, but I was like, what the hell is <laughs> what a is rock? <laughs> like, you wake up on Twitter and there's this new thing. No, I didn't know Elon was there. That's actually kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, there's like a defense contract now with one of the <laughs> other we companies. Saying, yeah, he was that's right exactly, by the army tank. No yeah. question. He was like... Uh, he oh, was, did he roll in in his new truck? <laughs> yeah, no, those things. Now, yeah. that would have been... That those things, I have seen those. I don't know what to make. So dumb. Yeah, I, I mean they're probably great, but they look really stupid. I know the whole like uh, electric cars are supposed to like save the environment and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know. There's just something about sitting in traffic on 93 on a Friday with an electric car, and all of a sudden some pinhead dumps it off an exit ramp and stops everything for an hour. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, do I gotta turn this off? Do I gotta yeah. plug it in? Do I need a nine volt? What do I do here to keep this thing going? <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, I wouldn't be able to uh, trust it. So we know the Patriots beat the uh, Steelers 21 to uh, 18. That was on Thursday night. What was the biggest takeaway of that win? If there even was a big takeaway from the win? I think it's Bailey Zappi's job for the rest of the season. That's my big takeaway. I don't think there's any way you go back to Mac. I don't think there's any reason to sort of mess around with Cunningham. If, if Zappi had gone out and had another bad game uh, like he did against the Chargers, then I would have thought, okay, now is, now is when you start experimenting. The season's, uh, season's over regardless, I guess, but there's not really much else to evaluate. I still think there's things to evaluate now with Zappi. That first half was as good a half as Mac has had uh, all year. I still think Mac was better in the Buffalo game overall in the game. Mm -hmm. So that's still the peak of quarterback play this year, I think, was Mac in that Buffalo game. But Zappi was just noticeably better. Um, That throw to Hunter Henry was a great throw. I thought his first throw to Schuster was not a good throw. And that uh, Schuster went back and made a play. And I sort of felt bad for Mac when that happened because... You know, Max probably sitting there going, well, "Where the hell is this? Yeah. Back? Do that for me." <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Well, that was like going a hail, back and it was reaching like a around hail, the guy. That's the thing. And, you, yeah. When you reach yeah. around the guy, that's almost like the hail mary catch that you see in the end zone, where the guy makes an unbelievable play yeah. and fall in a heap. But right. that was just as badly underthrown and into double coverage mm-hmm. as any bad interception Mac threw this year. It just wasn't an interception because Schuster made a play. So I felt a little bit. I feel like people who are taking the victory laps over the Mac people, I think, are, are a little uh, uh, over their skis here. But I do think that in terms of like the whole Zappy, should Zappy have gotten a shot? You know, Zappy getting cut and all that other stuff. I think that's basically over at this point. I think Zappy's got to be the quarterback for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i curious where you land on that, Cadillac. And it, it's crazy that in going back and looking at it, you could argue the best 60-minute 60 60-minute quarterbacking performance the Patriots got this year was, believe it or not, in the game against Philadelphia in the yeah. opener. After that... I don't think either quarterback has put together. The closest thing might have been Mac and Buffalo, maybe, but that was just more about the the fourth quarter sort of comeback than it was anything else. But he's twenty five for thirty in the game. Like he was very sharp in that game. No, and he let a, a game winning touchdown oh, yeah, drive. Sure, so, I mean, yeah. but it's crazy. I, I, there might be one or two games this year where we can say the quarterback played well for sixty minutes, and it's the one thing. It's one of the things, I should say, that has really evaded the Patriots this year. They'll have halves. They'll, or it'll be, it'll, you know, it'll look one completely drive. different or yeah. one drive, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And I'm with you, Arcand, on the, on the whole Zappy thing. Like, and again, you know, the first half was great. Three touchdowns. He was, you know, slinging all over the place, finding tight windows. I mean, even the, the throw to Schuster, I, I guess, was a, you know, just a Hail Mary jump ball. But I mean, the second half wasn't great. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. play great in the second half. They right. didn't play great in the, They didn't score any points. And so, um, I agree, though. You do. 
you got to start him for the rest of the year, and you need to evaluate it and see what you have with him moving forward. Because clearly you have something in Bailey Zappi. And I don't know what that is yet, but, you know, it's there. And they gravitated towards him. The players, you know, they played well. Again, Smith Schuster are going to get that ball. Would, it be, would, he, would he have done the same thing for Mac Jones? You would want to think so, but... You know, there's just. There's, I think he was just in Pittsburgh and wanted yeah, to do something right. in Pittsburgh. I you think can it was tell as that, as that he was yeah. horny from the For very sure. beginning to come out and <laughs> he make plays. Well. Yeah. That was his best game as a Patriot. And oh I, by far. I wonder if that, you know, if that continues and if he's finally maybe healthy and can turn a little bit of a corner here. He's not going to be the juju that I was, you know, popping up all all off season saying that he was going to be the second coming of Jacoby Myers. But um, he played well. That that was a takeaway. But no, I think you need to start zapping the rest of the season because you might have something moving forward beyond this season. Not a starter, not a franchise quarterback, but. A backup quarterback who, you know, understands the system and can come in and sort of, you know, command the room if you if he has to on a, on a backup basis. Yeah, so, as Brian Hoyer, a guy exactly. like that can have a career here. For right. Sure. And so I think they, 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 they like what they saw in Zappi. They needed a change. And even if the change wasn't, you know, necessarily a huge, you know, different skillful game as far as like completely beating you know beating out what Mac Jones did they still played a lot better on offense it was all yeah I mean for for this team yeah and I know that folks aren't gonna like they're just trying to get wins right now I know there's the oh they really shouldn't be trying to get wins but as soon as they're never not gonna try in exactly right and as soon as Zappy threw the pick you could see the offensive coaches kind of tighten up a little bit they started to call the game a little differently sort of take it out of his hands and and that that's that's the look that's the way they're gonna uh, coach it all year uh, and you mentioned the whole yeah you got Jones you got Zappy but it was the comment from Robert Kraft yesterday that is starting to really make me think veteran we will get to all of that uh, Foyer is going to move up to 11 o'clock Kern's on Hooray. the golf course today so we'll talk the to one day uh, where he could actually get in my face about Juju Smith-Schuster and he's on the yeah. golf course <laughs> how about the, that how about that golf timing? course how about that <laughs> exactly he'd rather hit him crooked than yell at you <laughs> Uh, but he could Arcan- call in from the tee box. He uh, could. No, he could, but, but <laughs> the one week he could do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Now the phone's busted in Lakeville. Or Too whatever. bad. Uh, here is uh, Arcan. He's got some trending on WEEI Football Sunday. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Time for your Cars for Kids storylines. Normally, these would be connected to a game that was to be played, but we know the Patriots beat the Steelers 21-18 to on Thursday night football. The Sunday storylines are brought to you by Cars for Kids. If you have a vehicle or property to donate today, visit carsforkids.com. I thought the comment that we were referring to from uh, Robert Kraft was very interesting yesterday on the... You know, we like to win, and we want to get back to winning around here as quickly as possible. Man, doesn't that scream more veteran quarterback than it does we're going to go draft one of these young guys and sit and wait and hope that we can do something over an extended period of time? I, I almost get the sense that Mr. Kraft is looking at it as a, nope, we're gonna we're gonna do something real to try to uh, turn the boat in another direction very quickly. Yeah, perhaps. But I also look at that and I say that you know this team isn't a quarterback away. They're not just a veteran Kirk Cousins, uh, 
Baker Mayfield. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Baker. That was Karen on your show this week. It right? was, Saying yes. Baker. Yeah, and Tannehill's so, probably the only other one that's, and again, that's coming up. Ryan right? Tannehill's yeah. not winning you a Super Bowl. He's not going to win you 11 games. Like, you need... You need talent at receiver. You need a bolstered offensive line. You're going to need a tight end this offseason. So, like, it's not just, oh, bring bring Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill and boom, you're going to win 11, 12 games and win a Super Bowl. So if you're going to have to rebuild the entire team, you might as well also bring a quarterback in that you can then develop into your next franchise guy that you thought Mac Jones was going to be. Well, it's interesting because I think there might be a little bit of a blend of some of the guys that are here mm-hmm. and then be selective in the ones that you let go. And I've argued this, Arcan, that if you look at the free agent tight ends that are out there, Hunter Henry is by far at the top of the list. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. does Hunter Henry look at it and say, there's going to be too much turmoil, let me get the hell out of here? Or are there some people in the building who do value the guy? And whether it's on a one or a two-year deal, likely a two, um, or maybe even a little bit longer that you can sort of you know work your way through, I wonder if someone like that might return. I don't think they're going to completely punt on, say, both tackles. They might choose to keep one and then draft another one or something like that. I just don't think that the teardown will be, we're going to rip it down to the studs to just replace it with young players. I feel like, Arkan, there's going to have to be a little bit of the blending of some of the guys that are here now because you can't leave yourself naked at certain positions. No, you definitely can't. It's not that there's a lot of guys that I would fight and pound the table to keep if you could get a, you know, offer for somebody and uh it would make sense to to pull the trigger, but I just don't think there's a lot of guys like that that you can even point to. Hunter Henry's going to be an interesting case because he hasn't had a great career here in New England by any means. His numbers have gone down. Um, I think he's actually uh, tipped up. They're, they're ticking up a bit this season. But, you know, last year obviously wasn't any good. And he's had a couple of games that weren't good this year. There's some other tight ends on the market. But I think you're right. He's going to be up there with the Schultzes and the Everts of the world. And I don't think there's going to be some uh, some major drop-off. It's just you're not going to be able to say, hey, you know, if you want to win, you stay in New England. If you want to be competitive, if you want to be a part of something, then you stay in New England. England. He's seen these last two years. He wasn't a Bill guy. He was just a guy that came over here in that big right. free agency spending spree. And I don't think he's been super impressed with the New England Patriots experience. I wouldn't have been if I was him. Uh, there was no real uh, competing for any sort of anything beyond that one wild card game. And this season has been one of the worst seasons probably he'll ever have. So it's going to be interesting how these free agents sort of look at the open market and how playing here these last two years may have in some cases hurt their value. And if they decide to come back or if they just decide, you know what, New England's not the place for me. I think you're going to, I think you're going to see a lot of that this off season. The interesting part with Henry too, is he's a captain. And yeah. so, you know, he, he's a leader on the team and he does have to, he comes on air, our, our airwaves every week with you and, oh, yeah. and he has to, you know, he has to take the brunt of, you know, what's going on. And so, Speaks with us every week down in Foxborough. So, like, he is – he's a captain, and he he leads the team. And his – like, his cap hit right now and over the last three years has been, like, $15 million. So, wherever he goes, he's going to have to take a pay cut. Yeah. So, he's still probably going to be top of the market, but he's not going to get what he got last go around. So, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him back here on, a, obviously, a cheaper deal than he's at. But they might still value his, you know, his leadership and the fact that he's been here for the last three years. Well, and that's the thing. It's uh, you're, I'm just looking at a very early sort of free agent list, the tight end. And it, it's Hunter Henry. It's Dalton Schultz. Gerald Everett, fourth on the list. 
Mike Gusecki. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and I say that just to kind of sort of reinforce where the market is at right now, minus surprise releases. And look, if if somebody, and, and I'm, they're not getting rid of this guy, I'm only using it as an example, but like if Darren Waller came free, mm-hmm. he would clearly shoot up to the top of the list and then somebody could evaluate him. But that's, that's going to be the tricky part of the how do you balance it for next year? Because it's very clear. At least it's seemingly clear to me. The more I hear Robert Kraft talk as we get towards the end of the season, the more he wants to turn it around and win right away. And that doesn't scream, take the number two pick, let's say, and sit on a young quarterback and just let him do the Jordan Love deal of going and sitting for a couple of years or whatever. Well, why sit a couple of years? Why not start the number two overall pick right well, away? Because you start a Mac uh, that's right not going to win right away. Yeah, because it's yeah. not going to win right away. Like that's Mac, the thing. won 10 it, games. This, and look at C.J. Stroud. Well, and Stroud, and look how long it took. That's true. I, I think the bigger thing is, in the mind of Robert Kraft, it's, it took them three years to stumble into C.J. Stroud. Right. He doesn't want to go through three and six win seasons and all that. That's why I'm starting to think there could be the veteran in play. There's also the Belichick thing that Pat McAfee was like, well, we know what's going to happen here, sir. However, they're at 2-10. and 10, They're playing hard. They're still in these games. I mean, I don't think you can argue very much in terms of the way the defense has played this year. I don't think that Bill has completely lost it. Is there any way Kraft looks at it and says, I got the guy for one more year. Let's ride it out. Go get the – see, there's a thought in my head that I wonder if Mr. Kraft says, you know, well, we're not going to win with a young guy, and I've still got my coach in waiting. If I've got Bill for one more year, do I try to take a guy like a Kirk Cousins and match him up with a guy who's won it – and see if the thing that can get Cousins over the hump is a legendary coach like a Tom Belichick or somebody or whatever who might be able to help someone like that close the gap, Arkan. I don't think that's what Kirk Cousins is made. Kirk Cousins needs people around him. He needs an offense. He needs something that can uh, sort of help cover up some of his uh, shortcomings, which he has a lot of. He's not great in big games. We know a lot of things about Kirk Cousins at this point. He's been in the league a long time. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that the big thing missing with him was that Bill Belichick wasn't his coach. Like He's he's been on teams that have had very uh, explosive playmakers on him, and that's when he's been at his best. He comes over to this team. You know, Baker Mayfield comes and QBs this team. I don't really see much difference between the way that, you know, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi have been QBing. I just don't think there's much there. I know that uh, Schuster had a good game and, you know, Zappi had a, had a better game than you've seen from most of these guys all season. But once Kendrick Bourne went down, and even then, I mean, Kendrick Bourne's your number one guy. Like, this is this is what I think's getting lost in the whole Zappi-Jones debate is the fact that whoever the quarterback is on this team is going to have a real big problem. And that's why I agree with Catholic is that you need to start really just doing over the entire infrastructure of this offense. QB's fine. I mean, if, if you want to emphasize that, I know the Patriots don't, but if people want to emphasize that, fine. I mean, you're going to have a very high pick. You're going to have your choice. But I also think that you need a big infusion at wide receiver. You need to redo the offensive line. Uh, tight ends, another one. I don't think that's quite as important. I think this team's way too in love with tight ends. Uh, I'd rather they went out and got some wide receivers. But that's what I think really need. If you're, you're not going to win next year. I don't think there's any one thing you can do that's going to make this 
this team and this offense a winner next year. You have to start. You have to start with the steps in the process that it's mm. going to take to get there. Interesting. I'm not so sure about that. But good. Interesting way to look at it in a few ways. Well, one, Kirk Cousins is 35, coming off an Achilles tear. Right. So that's going to be tough to you know just come in and have him maybe even start week one. But say you do, and you do end up with the third overall pick, and you bring in a Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. That's Kirk Cousins' top weapon next season, and that's okay, I think, because he's coming when he was in. He's Mi- a plug and play guy. It, he's a plug and play guy, and when Kirk was in Minnesota, when they bring in Stephon Diggs, he turned him into a Pro Bowler. Not turned him into, but he he's able to work with these new guys. He embraces young wide receivers, yep. unlike someone who used to play exactly. here, who every once in a while would turn his nose up to one. Right, and they did it with Justin Jefferson as well. Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in football. So if you do that with Marvin Harrison, great. Then you have the 36th pick and you bring in a tackle. And So, I mean, it's being this bad this you can season, retool you have quickly. the retool because you yeah. have the top couple picks. And, you know, call having a, the 32nd pick compared to the 35th pick, that's basically a second first-round pick, in my opinion, a top 40 pick, call it. And so you do have the assets. You do have the money this offseason. We were just talking about the, the salary cap and the break. And so uh, they can retool it quickly. It's just a matter of how they do it because they had some room last year. They brought in some guys like Juju and Gasicki, and it clearly didn't work out. Do you, do you hit on the right guys this offseason? That's, that's what's going to make or break it is if you hit or miss in the general manager department, which is why, before I finish, the McAfee comment, he said to Bill Belichick, you're the greatest head coach of all time, and you're the, he looked him in the eyes and goes, you're the greatest general manager of all time. And I, Not that that was a shot, but I, thought, I found it interesting for him to kind of bring up the general manager piece too because that's what everybody is talking about is Bill the GM is bringing down Bill the coach right now. Yeah, and and the the past couple of years, there's been a confluence of things. There's no question. You know, Mac has gone backwards. It looked like that was a great pick, and and you know he was the he was the second best quarterback out of that whole lot, which mm-hmm. is I guess saying something both positive and negative in a couple different ways. But what McAvee says is really not untrue. And I know people have really jumped mm-hmm. in on the look at your look at your first round picks. Uh, again, you know, people will look at Mac and say there was the playoff thing there. Some will sort of middle that one, right? People were defined on Cole Strange because it was an offensive lineman, and people don't like taking interior offensive linemen with number one picks. Nobody was complaining about Christian Gonzalez. And if you look at, you know, again, over the course of the 20 years, that's the thing. If you take it in the three-year window, you can hammer the hell out of Bill and all that stuff. I think where McAfee's looking at it is the 30,000-foot view of this was a guy who held a dynasty together for almost two decades in a salary cap era, which was the biggest reason why some of those – like, why did the Cowboys dynasty get broken up? Because free agency came in, and those mm-hmm, guys started right. to get paid. One of those wide receivers went to Tampa. Not Michael Irvin, but the guy uh, uh, opposite of him, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Guy went to Tampa and got like $40 million back then or something like that. And uh, and people went nuts over it. So this is really where we're at now, isn't it? Who's in, yep. who's out, who's playing for what, who could be playing up, all that kind of stuff. Because it's Alvin Harper. Is that who you were thinking? Thank you. Good poll. Yeah. (laughs) Alvin Harper got big money from, and they were like the pewter bucks, I think, back then as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was, uh, that was a girl. Those uniforms have now aged well, but back then it looked, uh, they looked like a bunch of, because uh, they were one in 15 in them or whatever it was. Well, there, there is that. Um, I'll tell you what, between the Kelly Green, the old Fourier Seahawks, 
Mm. And uh, the creamsicle bucks. It's been a pretty good year for jerseys this year. Yeah. Not bad. It's yeah. been a good year. And I know he doesn't like those Seahawks jerseys, but I love them. No, he them. hates them. I right. think they're terrific. Yeah, yeah they. Uh, I'll tell you, the nostalgia thing is in all the way around, and I think the NFL has been really smart of tapping into it yeah. and all that. By the way, it's, in terms of jerseys, yesterday and uniforms, Army-Navy rolled out nice. Oh, yeah. mm. I really like those Army uniforms. They uh, they looked uh, they looked pretty good. Hey, uh, Zeke is back, right? Like, you want to keep Zeke, do you not? We ta- I'd keep Zeke. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd keep him. I and mean, we talk about this team, you know, not having good signings. I just mentioned it last time. But the Zeke, Zeke Elliott sign was a great signing. A guy who came in wasn't, um, uh, not that he wasn't in shape, but he kind of needed some time to get his feet under him. And mm-hmm. he was there as a, you know, a spell back to Ramondre. Now that he's ready to roll and Ramondre's hurt, he looks awesome. Catching the ball out of the backfield. I think he had like seven or eight catches on Thursday. That was a good signing by them, a good depth signing, and I wouldn't be surprised if you bring him back. Well, you know what's interesting is, like, even in San San Diego with the Chargers today, right? They have three running backs up, and they do have Austin Eckler, but I saw one of the NFL insiders say, well, they'll ride the hot hand. Well, wait, you would think that would be Eckler. It feels like that'll be the market where if you're a smart team, you should be able to find a Zeke Elliott every year because – those guys aren't getting paid. Hey, listen, God bless them. They tried like hell. They took their big swing. The Zoom meeting. Some of them got a couple of bucks, but at the end of the day, it didn't really work out for this whole running back renaissance, and that should be one of those positions. But look, I- I'll tell you where I was dead wrong on Zeke. I was more worried about the attitude, Arkan, than I was the player. I thought the player would have been okay once he was healthy. My worry was, is he going to be the guy standing on the sideline staring at the coach doing the whole feed me more thing and da-da-da and all that? And instead, the guy has been a model fit. Here. Yeah, he has. And he's been, you know, humbled, too, by the whole Tony Pollard experience in Dallas yeah. and then not having much of a market in free agency. I mean, I think it all sort of came clear to him that, yeah, you know, I'm at that point as a running back, as an older running back in the league here where I'm going to have to fight for my opportunities. And, you know, him and Stevenson, I didn't think were a particularly effective duo. But when it's just him or when it was just Stevenson, I thought, yeah, okay, you know, these guys these guys maybe have a little bit more of that every down back uh, ability than we thought when we all said, oh, wow, great, now these guys can split carries. When they split carries, I feel like they're not as good. But when uh, it was just Elliott out there, I mean, you saw it was as good as he's been all year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, again, I think great sign. I wonder if they bring him back, though, because you mentioned it, Crash, the the idea of the the free agent running back and them not getting the money they want. And now that he signed his one-year deal and performed well on it, is he going to want to hold out for another three-year deal with more guarantees? And at that point, I don't think I think the Patriots are going to just punt on it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I wonder if someone looks at Zeke and is like, oh, that, that guy can come in and help at a high level. Right. I, mean, I hate to say because it's an AFC competitor, but it feels like Baltimore is the kind of team mm. that you want a good power runner and a guy who can catch it a little bit. Zeke would be a nice fit down there in the way they want to run the ball and to run it off of Lamar Jackson. Right. That's what Mark Ingram did when he was there. That was his sort of second coming after New Orleans, so I could see that. And it got him on the uh, Fox pregame <laughs> yeah. for uh, college football now. Yeah. Yeah, they got he's like pretty pre- good. He is. He's not bad, I got to say. And you forget the Mark Ingram on a Heisman. Yeah. Like, it's one of those, uh, oh, yeah, we got to get to uh, Jaden Daniels. Next uh, Patriots uh, quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, but is there trouble in Buffalo? Who would have thought that a head coach would have to come out and apologize for something that he said in a team meeting to a football team where it is supposed to be secure four years ago? We'll get to that next on WEEI Football Sunday. Now, more of the guys. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI.
will be with us at 11 o'clock. He's got to move up a little bit because he's got to dad it up. We'll uh, catch our guy Tom Curran next week. And let's get to the story out of Buffalo. That is Sean McDermott. So uh, as the story goes, and if uh, and if I get any of this wrong, uh, please jump in, guys. But basically, Sean McDermott tried to very, very poorly in a meeting in terms of trying to preach or teach togetherness to his football team and coming together to be able to achieve a common goal. Uh, Sean McDermott, unfortunately, used the terrorists of 9-11 in sort of trying to convey that message and get it across to his football team. As an example of communicating and working as a team. Good Lord. And that's not, I'm not exaggerating. Like, that's exactly how he, the, the context he used it. And uh, so McDermott did a big apology on Friday, uh, which has got to be a little distracting for him to come back on something that happened in a team meeting in 2019. And it's gotten so bad that even last night on Weekend Update on Saturday Night yeah. Live, uh, Sean McDermott got zinged. Colin Jost used the line, when Osama bin Laden was giving a terrorist pep talk, he told them not to be like the Bills. Ah, uh, uh, I don't think he's going to get fired for this, but Arkham, what do you make of the curious timing of this coming out from the 2019 season? Um, a couple of things. Uh, the main one is that if you may not think he's he's going to get fired, but I think this is a weather balloon. You know, I think that this was sort of a test to see, all right, if, if we are going to move on from this guy, you know, let's see how the fan base takes it. And I don't think that there's a lot of fans right now, just with the way the team's performing. They're underperforming this year. They're getting completely passed by by the Dolphins. Their players are always upset. Um, you know, the, McDermott did get a contract extension after he made these comments, which is unbelievable to yep. me if you think about it. Like, I think that very offseason, he got like a three-year extension or a four-year extension. So it didn't bother him that much at the time. But the fact that it's coming out now, the fact that it's getting leaked to uh, The Athletic or whoever it was that reported it. Ty Dunn, I think. Ty Dunn, I yeah. think, right? Uh, either way, like that that tells me that there's uh, someone out there, Pagula, somebody else, who is uh, teasing the idea of moving on from him. And I think based on the way the team's performing, and listen, if this is the type of stuff he's saying in these team meetings, then it's probably best for everybody to move on from the guy. He's not producing, and he's a freaking weirdo. Who... Of all the of all the football analogies you could make, yep. like think of all the football teams he could have made an analogy yeah, about yeah. teams in in football that communicated well and where acted as Correct. a team. Think about all the other American military examples he could have used. used. Seal Team Six the going to kill teams. Bin Laden instead Aren't, he uses the terrorists. Right, all like, sorts of things. Just I mean, if that that to me just speaks to a guy who doesn't think things through before he says that you know like that's you know of thing. what like i don't you know i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't be comfortable with and, that. and catholic i know you're waiting to get in here uh this is just dumb football coach yep we have and uh, <laughs> i had one of my coaches say about a player in a film session blank you make me want to go home and hit my wife wow and that was in a meeting right. where we're just there watching film I think we underestimate the football coach's ability to uh, overthink. And boy, oh, I got the real creative angle here. And in reality, it's nothing more than just dumb football coach. Yeah, there's it's obviously I can't do it, can't have it. Um, you, you mentioned the timing and that it's not that it's interesting, but, you know, 
the Bills are winning. He he says this thing in the meeting, and nobody really says anything about it. Thinks anything of it. Yeah, that was weird. Everyone probably looks at each other like, "What the heck was that?" And then when the team stinks and a reporter starts digging, they go, "Oh yeah, well this happened then," and then it becomes you know a huge story, and it should have never happened. And you're right about dumb football coach crash because like you know it's a guy who you don't just or you shouldn't anyway get ready for a team meeting with a pep talk. And just think of it off the top of your head. Normally, these guys go in and plan what they're going to say. And, you know, it may seem, you know, spontaneous. But he literally probably went in and was sitting in his office and said, ooh, I'm going to mention this. Thought about it. Rethought about it. And then said, this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And this is a good, you know, thing to relate to teamwork. So ridiculous nonsense. Can't have it. I don't know if he'll be fired for this. But, again, the fact that they're 6-6 and fighting for their playoff lives. And this, you know, hit piece. Not hit piece, but this, you know, end-all, be-all story about McDermott comes out at the same time, it doesn't look good for his future in Buffalo. Well, and to tie into Arkham with the whole maybe this was kind of a trial balloon, Yeah, I don't want to say that they forced McDermott to fire his offensive coordinator mid-year, but clearly there was enough heat, or McDermott must be feeling enough heat in Buffalo they wanted a blood to make that move. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it was that, that hey, it's your choice. Well, guess what? You're going to be the one to pull him in and cut his head off. And that's exactly you know what McDermott did, which is normally an indicator that a head coach is trying to save himself whenever you start shipping assistants yep. out the door. And I don't know. I'm torn on McDermott because I'm not a huge fan but boy, oh boy, you know, if you're Buffalo and you move on from him, mm. don't you then kind of have to shoot high? Like, I don't think you can get rid of Sean McDermott and then say, here's the offensive coordinator right. from the team du jour, right? Or even their own in Joe Brady, who was the quarterback's coach yeah. three weeks ago. Don't right. you feel like you got to kind of Got to get Bill Belichick? Well, I, I, you know what? Buffalo Bill Belichick? I was just going to say, <laughs> whether it's that whether it's trying to bust a move on another coach in the NFL, whether it's one of these guys. Now, again, you wouldn't hire Ron Rivera. No, but does Buffalo say, well, you know what? We got a kid, a quarterback that can play. Let's go get Gruden or someone like that who is a big name that would energize the fan base. Another guy who doesn't think before he speaks. Well, there is that, too. (laughs) There's no question. Yeah, Yeah, you know what? Harbaugh. See, I wonder if the Pagulas would look at Harbaugh and be like, oh, he wants too much power type thing. But, you know, Terry Pagula's getting older. I think there's like a 28 or 30-year age difference between him and his wife. His wife has been struggling with issues health-wise as well. Their daughter's, like, tearing it up on uh, the – she's a tennis player. You think during, like, the round of interviews for the next coach they're going to have any, like, 9-11 questions? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, so if you had to say one thing about 9-11 that impressed you, what would that be? Oh, man. (laughs) Define teamwork. (laughs) Somebody said Ken Dorsey leaked it. Would would he have been there in 2019? I guess he would have been. He might have been. Yeah, that'd be the first thing that I would look for. Because players have apparently shut up on it. Interesting. It's been, what, four years now, and it wasn't like a player ran to the media and was like, wait, do you see what this idiot right. said today? Well, you you had the best point on this, is that it was something that was said in a team meeting, and as bad as, you know, we all think this is, and as ridiculous and stupid as it was, I bet you every single one of those players and all the other coaches are thinking, man, I hope they don't go back over everything I've ever said in a team meeting, you know? <laughs> right. like. Right, just and not that that's you know, supposed it's, to be the safe space, right? In a lot exactly. Of ways. Yeah. And nope, that stuff gets out somehow. Uh, we will talk about this and everything else in the NFL with our friend Christian Fourier, who slides up an hour next to join us on Weei Football Sunday.